Vale. Bruce Wayne. And what do you do for a living? Lieutenant, is there a six-foot bat in Gotham City? Nice outfit. given a name to my pain. What are you? I'm Batman. Where did he get those wonderful toys? My life is really complex. Welcome to Waffle Lump Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm Mick Kelly. And this week, we are talking this week. God, blimey, we've got that. <laughs> um, this month, we're talking about... Batman. Which version? To me, the best version. I'd say the best version. Don't be embarrassed by no, saying no, it. No, 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 no. But the, yeah, the, be- the Jack Nicholson, Michael Keaton version. The 1989 version. Yeah, well, yeah. Exactly. And what do we do before we talk about it? Are you playing the Prince Funky theme tune? I'm not playing that, no. I'm playing oh. the, the opening title <laughs> theme tune. <laughs> right.
I don't think I can bring myself to any. I might put Bat Dance on at the very end. <laughs> it's not that bad. Tim Burton now regrets using that. Do you know what I mean? Does he? He does. Do you know Michael, Michael Jackson was also wanting to do it as well? Apparently. I mean, I suppose it's better than Chris Christopherson doing it. But it was such a big deal at the bloody <laughs> time, that soundtrack, weren't it? I think most people had that record. Mainly because of the cover, I think. Cause it had to be... I think so, yeah. I remember really liking it, but now watching it, it does take me out of the movie a little bit. I must admit. And it's not, it's, not, it's not top quality Prince Leaper, is it? <laughs> no, I, I know you're not a massive Prince fan, but you know what top no. quality free, Prince Purple is. Purple Rain. Jackson Purple Rain. There's no question about it. Right. Uh, Excuse me, well, I just moved the microphone. Probably a noise. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um, but no, it's not. It's not... Uh... No, no, no. It's a bit too disjointed as well, isn't it? Because I don't download some of the songs to get you in the mood for it. To get you in the mood. I'm not, I like <laughs> Backdance. Backdance yeah. is all about... Because I've got that stuff, the press, that yeah. bit in the middle. Yeah. But the rest of it, it's like... Yeah. It's just like filler. Do you and like... you know it's filler because it's like really turned low in the film. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. sad, isn't it? Do, do you like it, though, because it uses samples from the film? Yeah. It's the reason why I've still, and I don't care what anyone says, yeah. and I'm determined that we're going to do this, it's the reason why I love the Dragnet soundtrack, yeah. just because of Tom Hanks rapping over it. And Dan Aykroyd uh, rapping. I love it. But, um, but no, we've, we've, used, we've used the music of Danny Elfman for, for that start. Yeah. So this is, of course, directed by Tim Burton, produced uh, by John Peters and Peter Gruber. It's based on uh, the Batman character by Bob Kane, obviously. Uh, it was released on June the 19th, uh, 1989 winning time 126 minutes had a budget of 35 million and which made, is a big deal if and that's quite a lot isn't it hell of a lot especially as well considering that really um, Tim Burton only got this gig after people saw how successful Beetlejuice was going to be yeah. um, and it made 411.5 no, million it, it was a massive deal wow I just remember what a big deal this was where it was the classic you had block, it was there were blockbusters where you went out and there was massive queues into the cinema. There was a good advertising campaign for this film. A That's, massive I, I don't know if you saw the t shirt everywhere. The first time I'd saw that, apart from like Star Wars when we were little kids, but where it was everywhere, for bloody hell, this is what you can do with a film. Now, I seem to remember that there was a trailer for this film, and this was one of the first times this ever happened, where people went to the cinema to go and see the trailer. Yeah. So, using their noggin, they put the trailer before a film that was going to be shit. And that film what? was Police Academy 6. So, of course, people is. have paid money to go and see it and then probably left the cinema shortly afterwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, is Police Academy 6 Mos- Mission to Moscow or something like that? Or? That's on the Miami Beach. Is it the same Miami Beach? Is that not five? No. You said, because basically all the best characters went out of it. Yeah, apart from... Uh, apart from There's um, only... Hightower. Hightower. And... Uh, yeah, 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 Peter yeah. Winslow. Yeah, 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 but not with MS1. No, 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 no. Harris wasn't in it. Anyway, so, let's not talk about that. Oyster Bar was in that one. <laughs> the Oyster Bar was in everyone. I mean, you never get away with that now. Let's just leave that. No, no, that's slightly homophobic to me. Slightly, yeah. yeah. I wonder if those bars still exist. Yeah, yeah. There must be a gay bar somewhere that called the South that and play that. They must have. Just always remember that music. I think we walked into a club once and they played that music and we were too Was that in Manchester? Uh, now Keaton's ca- oh, we'll talk about the casting bit, but Keaton's casting caused quite a controversy about this um, mainly because I played people had known him as a comedy actor so this was his first real film in, t- in getting out of it uh, now the tone and themes of the film were influenced part- in part 
by Alan Moore and Brian Bullen's The Killing Joke comic, yeah, which I've right. said to you is, is one of the best yeah. comics I've ever read. And of course, Frank Miller's The Dark Knight Returns. The film primarily adapts the Red Hood origin story for the Joker, in which Batman inadvertently creates a Joker by causing him to fall into the Axis chemical acid. Um, so he's based on the comic, although, of course, in this film, we have him as known as Jack Napier as opposed to the, the thing. So let's just quickly go through the cast. I've got a little bit of facts on, on some of the main people in this. I'm not going to go into massive detail. Obviously, we've talked about Michael Keaton before. We are on our Beetlejuice podcast. Well, and tell you about what, that's awful, that. And his hair awful. No, they bouffanted that. Why has he got such a bouffant? It, does, it looks weird. Is it because he weren't at all? I think he's not very tall. He's, 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 he's about the but, same. He's, I think he's a little. I think he's about a little bit smaller than me. I see, think. I think it's the wimpiest Batman, but I think that's a positive thing because he's not tough. But he well, uses up. But I think he's the wimpiest. Yeah, he is a bit. And I think the thing is, though, is that as he said, one of Keaton's concerns was the fact that well, in any kind of superhero guys, you're going to know that it's Bruce Wayne. Hence the reason why he decided him to change his voice slightly, which of course Christopher Nolan did yeah, yeah, terribly. Yeah. Yeah, opinion, yeah, yeah, For the Christian Bale ones. But I think he makes the best Bruce Wayne because Bruce Wayne, yeah. he's, and you do get the hint that he's a bit of a playboy. I mean, he beds Vicky Vale on the yeah, first yeah. day, really. Yeah, yeah, and he's true. straight after her and he's thinking, mm, Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he is a bit, um, it's like I told someone to put one of our reviews, I don't know, I, did, I thought he slept through, slept more through the book. I disagree. I, I totally think he's disagree a bit, with that. I think he's just a bit uncomfortable with people. Isn't he? He's a bit... Well, he's a... He's a yeah, this is, uh, David Griffith said that. Yeah, yeah. I said, uh, I, you know, whatever you think, he's entirely up to him. And we like yeah, people course, with yeah. opinions. Yeah, we don't want people agreeing with us all. But, uh, to me, no. I, never, I just no. thought he's a bit... He's a bit reserved. He's, he's a dark, bit, he's yeah. brooding, he's, he's like used to living on his own with Alfred. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that, that's the whole scene, and he is a comedy scene where they're having the dinner table thing, but that was Keaton's idea as well. Was it? Especially when he turns around and says, I don't think I've ever been in this room before. That's the whole point, though, that he just he probably wanders from the living room, his bedroom, to the back cave, and yeah. that's, the back, that's really about it. So, we, obviously, if you want to know more about Michael Keaton, check out our Beetlejuice podcast. Good way of getting people to Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The same with Jack Nicholson. We've covered Jack Nicholson in The Shining. Um, and uh, one for Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And yeah. maybe something else. Um, Kim Basinger plays Vicky Vale. Not much to say about her, really. Uh, we, um, we, weekend of the story. Now, I was thinking, yeah. right. Although she was hot at this point. But She's really hot. But I was thinking, it's weird. Out of all the iterations has been of, of The Dark Knight since this, mm. no Vicky Vale. <laughs> never, no. no one's ever touched Vicky Vale again. And it's quite strange, really, because... I know it's not from the comics, Vicky Vale, is it? I don't believe I think so. I've ever bought her in. But to me, I think there's probably a story in the Vicky Vale story about well, someone who gets under his skin. Yeah. I mean, the fact that she know, you know, she knows him. She knows yeah. that he's Batman. Yeah. Says something, doesn't it, really? Um, Kim Bassinger at this point um, was just about to go bankrupt um, because she made a bad business venture. And then, of course, pulled out of Boxing Helena, uh, in which your favourite actually was. Shelly yeah. went into it. And she was sued then for £8.5 million. Because she was a big deal in the 80s. We grew up with her next only nine and a half weeks. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was rented regularly from a... Oh, I man, that was a good film. <laughs> uh, Robert Wool, who plays Alexander Knox. I've got a little bit of facts about him because I always do, couldn't stand him. Right? I mean, but uh, my opinion of, uh, of Robert Wool has completely changed. I think maybe yours will too. Yeah. Uh, he wrote two of the six episodes for Police Squad. Um, in 1982 and did audio commentary for its release on DVD in 2006 in 1992 he appeared in The Bodyguard as host of the Oscars but in reality he won two Emmy Awards for co-writing the Academy Awards in 1990-1991 with Billy Crystal bloody hell 
<laughs> so I think we need to give some yeah, uh, huge some to props for him. Yeah. Pat Hingles, Commissioner Gordon, Billy D. Williams as Harvey Dent. Now Billy D. Williams took on this role as Harvey Dent in the prospect uh, of carrying on. I, yeah, I, you know, yet again, I'm what's this film? You're like twenty years and mm. yeah, and I forgot that is Harvey Dent because when I watched this originally. I wasn't so into the law. This was mm. a, my first, apart from the TV series. Yeah, yeah. First time I thought, oh, I like this, but I didn't really know him. And then you, as you go, well, Harvey Dent's a major important character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, but I wonder what happened there then, because the, you know, well, <clears throat> apparently, um, who was it, Joel Schumacher, who took over the later Batman films? Mm. I mean, they went shit. Yeah. One um, is Tommy Lee Jones, as simple as that. I mean, I think Billy Dee Williams would have been amazing. Yeah, Tommy Lee Jones is okay. No, he's not. He's not. He's I love Tommy Lee Jones as an actor. I love Tommy Lee Jones as yeah, an actor. Yeah. Space Cowboys, one yeah, of my best yeah, films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But no. He's just, he looks like he's a comic. I say comic, that's a stupid thing to say. But he looks like a cartoon he's character. Too... It's just, he's all red, he's not purple. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or pink face. Yeah. It's like, you know, I mean, at least Evan Eckhart has I was a horrible burnt face, generally. Yeah. So what they did, they actually bought him out of the contract. So he knew about it. I think he was disappointed, but he bought, they bought him out. They didn't shit on him totally, you know, so it was, wasn't an agreement. Michael Goff as Alfred. Now, Goff, of course, is very popular to us people over here in Britain. Uh, he's been in many TV shows such as Doctor Who, several times, uh, Celestial Toymaker, Arkham Infinity. He was also in the automation-obsessed wheelchair-bound Dr. Armstrong in The Cybernauts, which is a memorable episode of oh. The Avengers. Uh-huh. Um, now, Jack Palance is Carl Grissom. Yeah, forget Jack Palance. <clears throat> Brilliant Jack Palance is. Do you know what his, his proper name is? What was it? Vladimir Palahniuk. Oh, yeah. He's not the best actor in the world because I've ever seen Jack Palance play Jack Palance. I think everything he's ever done, but yeah. I like Jack Palance. Uh, Tracy Walter as Bob the Goon. Uh, Hi, Goon. Now, he acted, uh, he acted with and was directed by Jack Nicholson in Two Jakes, and him and Nicholson have appeared in nine films together, beginning with Going South in 1978. It's actually his best mate. Oh, Bob right. the Goon. Uh, Bob, you're my number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, William Hootkins as Lieutenant Eckhart. Can you tell me what else uh, William Hootkins has been in? When I tell you, you'll suddenly make because he looks quite different in this, doesn't he? He looks quite sloppy. Yeah, no, no. Okay, he was Porkins in Star Wars. He goes, uh, I'm too fat. I can get for it. I'm too fat. I'm too fat. Oh, He was also um, Hans Zarkov's assistant in Flash uh, Gordon. Oh, yeah. And he was also in Raiders of the Lost Ark, the ones who come to see uh, Indiana Jones about finding the Ark. And they go to the stage on the oh, stage. Yeah. Of the there you go. Christopher Fairbank. Yeah, of course. Moxie yeah, uh, yeah. is in there as well. Um, Hugo E. Blick. As a young Jack Napier. And you're wondering why I'm going to... Yeah, yeah. What are you talking about him for? As a writer, he co-created and produced and directed the TV comedies Marion and Jeff with Rob Brydon. Bloody hell. Operation Good Guys. Yeah. In which he also appeared as Smiley McCarthy. And he wrote and created noir thriller The Shadow Line in 2011 for the BBC, which starred Christopher Eccleston. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. That's oh, a really, really good program. Really? Now, I have wrote a thing about, well, I'm not going to pull my book out because I just want us to actually talk about this film. Do you remember when you went and saw it? Yeah. Now, did we and you go see it together? Yeah. <laughs> I think we did, didn't we? Right, I went with you and then, weirdly, went with my mum three yeah. days later. That's the last film I ever went with my mum. Was it really the last film? It's quite. It's, 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 I was thinking. Of, you know, I was watching this thinking. I remember watching it with my mum. Wow. Because you think your mum hasn't passed away. No, 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 just, no, no. Just, it's just been a long time. Like you about to no, no, it's yeah. been a long time since I've been to the cinema with my mum, and I thought it's just like 
Yeah, it's just a really good. I think it was just about the time we were start going to a lot of films on our own. Yeah, it was. I went. Did did we go at the at the Warwick? No, I remember seeing it at the Warwick Cinema. Oh, I did as well. But I also remember seeing it. I'm sure I saw the UCI as well. Now I don't know if we saw the UCI first or at the Warwick. I this, can't remember. This was meant. It's quite a long time ago. <laughs> or was it the Odeon Cinema? Because I remember getting free to stick. I don't like it. No, it would have been town. It would have been something like more 30 like years ago, man. It's 1989. 30 years it's ago. 30 years it's a long time, isn't it? We've been, so I've been, I've gone under the bridge, but yeah, what about you? Well, I saw it twice. And I saw it. Uh, I think it was the first film I had when I saw a film twice, I think. This is the first film I ever saw twice. Because I've always been somebody who's not really. I, don't, I can't remember. I'm trying to remember what other films I've seen twice. I think Reservoir Dogs I saw twice. Did you see Shaun of Dead I saw twice? Yeah, I saw Shaun of Dead twice. Irritatingly, I saw Revenge of the Sith twice. That wasn't by choice because I saw it in Australia before everybody else because it came out in Australia That's first. right, yeah. And then when I flew back from Australia, I had to go and see it again. And I fell asleep. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> Probably the best thing to do for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is there any other film that I've seen? I don't think there is. But why, why did you go and see it twice? Was it because the fact you found it so good or was it, what, what, was the, what was the reason for it? That, I think, right, I think. I was you a it, Tim Burton fan? I mean, did you I, see Beetlejuice? Because I didn't no. see Beetlejuice when it came out. No, no, no. I, but I, I was a big, no, that's a weird thing because I was I, a, mm, I loved Jack Nicholson when I was a kid. I was obsessed. Mainly because of you and your pictures of him everywhere. So I thought, <laughs> I had a scrapbook. Let's not get, these weren't Nike pictures of Jack. <laughs> you weren't like Partridge, you didn't have all the <laughs> I'm not I did know. I had a fair <laughs> yeah. Right. So I think I, I, I think it was the first time I was, you know, obviously I'd always loved films, but yeah. generally you went and saw stuff you could get in. This was my first 15. Yes, he was, but not uh, on, uh, no, it was the first 12. 12 was it 12 hours? It was 15 on um, re- media release because yeah. they hadn't done, they'd only done uh, 12 for cinema releases, not video All releases. All right, so I think that was the first time I'd sort of been to a, because we had probably had to see kiddie films, hadn't we? Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? And even though we, it was, even when we were kids, you didn't like kiddie films. <laughs> no kids do for that. Right? So I think that's what it got me there. It was like, oh, well, you know, I'm coming of age now. I love the look of it. Mm. Like I said, I knew Tim Burton. I knew who he was. Obviously, because there was stuff like Edward Scissorhands and all that kind of stuff. Scissorhands was later. Yeah. But I mean, there's that world. I knew all of that. I knew everything. So, what about you? What was yours the same? Well, I was a a, a really big Jack Nicholson fan from probably the age of, I think, God, nine or ten. Because I loved The Shining. The Shining was one of my first horror films I saw, along with Halloween. And I was a massive fan of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. And I was also a really big fan of early Roger Corman films. Yeah, yeah. So when I started collecting, um, when I first had a videotape, which was about 88, uh, BBC Two used to show 1950s, 1960s horror films. And Roger Corman did a film called The Raven. The Raven, yeah. But he also did another film, which but the name, forget, I, it slipped my mind now. Was it The Killing? It might have been The Killing. But he, he was, Corman was known for, fil- for doing his film very quickly, under budget, and before, so, and he came that under budget and that under uh, over well under schedule. Yeah. That he decided to because he contracted his actors. He had the studio time. He used the same sets, the same actors, wrote a new script, and did another film. Yeah. And I did. I had that as a Jack Nicholson double bill, and he wasn't the major. Oh, how many did it as well? Yeah. And I loved him, and I was obsessed with the way that Jack Nicholson looked. I loved the way that his eyebrows, I, I couldn't understand how he was so manic. Because I was a big Batman fan, a big Joker fan, I always looked at him and thought, man, this guy could play 
the joke. No one ever thought he was going to happen, did they? No. And he wasn't first choice either. Right? He wasn't no, first he wasn't first choice. Uh, I think Robbie Robbie Williams was actually I can imagine contracted that. to do. I'll tell you a bit more about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the more I got to see Nicholson, and even in stuff like Terms of Endearment, which he, he really proves his acting skills. Prince Zana is the one I remember. Prince Zana, yeah, yeah, that yeah. was of course with uh, Angelica Houston. Um, and as well, I think with me, it was um, me and Emma watched it again on Saturday. Easy Rider. Easy Rider. Now I'm not a great fan of Easy Rider. I'm, a, I'm a, I appreciate it more now than what I did. Yeah, yeah. Which is also what we used to do. We used to go. I was saying to Emma, I said, "Where we going? You'd be doing it." Yeah. He's only in that film twenty minutes, but he's amazing. Yeah, he's amazing, and he's, he's yeah. you know, and he's the kind of like the the college guy who is not really a hippie but yeah, yeah, yeah. Peter Fonda's just passed away as well we I know that's why that's place. why we watched it weekend because it's about Peter Fonda's album also the film Going South was a really important film for me because it it, it, it was the first time I actually kind of put uh, John Belushi in films so this was John Belushi's second film Going South wasn't uh, mm. National Lampoon's Vacation was his uh, sorry National Lampoon's Animal House was his first and I loved the way that Nicholson brought something to the screen and it was basically his manic look. I've always been a fan of manic looks. I love it. And you know what I'm like about hair styles as well. It's receding quite quickly. Yeah, so yeah, quite, yeah, quite yeah, like yeah. That kind of thing. And that's why I did that scrapbook. That you, Sugar Bumps? Who the hell are you? It's me, Sugar Bumps. Fried. Is that what you heard? You set me up over a woman. A woman! Must be insane. Keaton as well and there's a film called Johnny Dangerous yeah. right, which was one of my all time favourite films in the 80s I think it's around about 84 I don't think I've seen it since the, t- the time I saw it on the, on the TV I had it on I bought it on videotape in 1990 mm. I think yeah. something like that I loved it and then I saw Beetlejuice but for some reason I must have saw Beetlejuice after Batman because I wouldn't have seen Beetlejuice at the cinema because he would have been we, we wouldn't have got in no we wouldn't have got in so my, my memory is a bit lapsy on that and that's why I love the I scene where he is, with oh yeah I mean I love the scene where he he, he kind of loses his temper which I'll play the clip of that yeah now. 
Right. It's his uh, best bit. I think that's Kane's best bit in the film. But it's also the bit where he turns into Beetlejuice. Yeah. So I'll play that clip now. And if you're a fan of Beetlejuice, you, you'll see what I mean. Let me tell you about this guy I know, Jack. Mean kid. Bad seed. Hurt people. I like him already. <laughs> now, you know, the problem was he got sloppy. You know, crazy. He started to lose it. He had a head full of bad wiring, I guess. Couldn't keep it straight up here. He was the kind of guy who couldn't hear the train till it was two feet from him. You know what happened to this guy, Jack? Well, made mistakes. Let's get nuts. Tell me something, my friend. You ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? What? I always ask that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. <laughs> Never rub another man's rhubarb. <laughs> No, you are right there, But yeah, but them two together, the fact that Jack Nicholson now is a top billion as well in this film. Which is unusual for the, for the minor role, because I, I think if you probably added it all up, it's probably a minute, 40 minutes, because there's that thing with loads of these films, and you actually put it all together, it's really, really small, isn't it? Yeah, and what I like about that, though, is the fact that he turns around and he's constantly, the Joker is constantly moaning about how he's not getting any... Any kind of like, you know, notoriety, it's always about the Batman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because that's the weird thing as well. He's actually probably a bit too old for it, isn't he? Yeah, I don't know how because, old Jack Nicholson was. He's got to be right. What's this? 89. 89. He, so. he, he worked, what, he's 80 odd now, so he's probably 30. So he's probably what? Early 50s, late like 40s? Yeah. Makes sense with the character, but for him to do that role, you wouldn't have a 50 year old playing the Joker now. No. Nah. No chance. But <coughs> I think. Chuck Nicholson and that he was gold dust around that period weren't mm -hmm. he but I remember at the time reading like Empire when people were saying oh it's a bad mistake for him but yeah. he took the back end didn't he he took some money after the uh, crafty bastard he turned around this is exactly <laughs> idea. I think I have it here Jack Nicholson received a percentage of the gross in the film and due to its massive box office take he took home 60 million dollars that's Jack for you uh, he may be a drunk and a stoner but he ain't a fucking <laughs> idiot is he that was in 2003 though so, and then when the film still makes money. Uh, he also had a strict schedule stipulating into his contract that his casting call was to be later than most actors and actresses on set. Jack was known for having late evenings uh, yeah. up to around about 3am <laughs> before he would get home. He dined out every night or attended small yeah. parties. Yeah, Michael yeah. Keaton would arrive early in the morning and Jack would come in around 10 o'clock in the earliest yeah, yeah. and greet Michael, sit on a chair and they would tilt his out back and fall asleep. I was, watching, <laughs> I was watching an interview with Michael Keaton only recently. I think it was to do with, it was when he was promoting Birdman. And he turned around and he said that, um, he says like, you know, Jack, Jack used to love, you know, watching the ball game. And because it was filmed in Pinewood, it's a British film, Batman, because yeah. it was filmed in Pinewood, you know, he said again, he was, and then he goes, hey, Keats, he's calling Keats. <laughs> hey, Keats, uh, what about that ball game last night? And he goes, oh, yeah, it was a good game. And then he'd fall asleep. <laughs> but he ended up, like, he had to watch a sports game. The only thing that was on was darts. So he ended up getting obsessed with watching darts. <laughs> and he came in one day and said, hey, Keats, 
What about that Dobbs game? <laughs> He's just got... You know, I studied where uh, Richard, Richard and Jude do, mm. right? When they were doing uh, This Morning, right, the flew to Cannes to meet him and do an interview in the studio. Right. And they got there at this studio and he weren't there. And his PA said, I was outside having a swim. Well, remember that? He's on 60 at the time. He yeah. went out and there he is swimming with a big joint in his mouth and a bottle of champagne. And they said to him, is he coming? He said, oh, no, he ain't been to bed yet. <laughs> <laughs> now, we and Jack, that's it, Jack, do you know as well, also, there's a famous book, right, done in the 80s by a very famous drug dealer, mm. right? He wrote a book all about dealing to Jack Nicholson, oh, right? Yeah. A crime Jack Nicholson was on cocaine. Can I fucking imagine that, right? He bought the rights and redrew the book because really? there was so much bad stuff in it. Not bad stuff as in he hurt people, just crazy stuff. Just crazy. And he's there, he had to make him sign an NDA, this right out, and he could never ever talk about it. He wrote this book, it never even got published. Oh, no. But there you go, yeah. See, so that's Jack Nicholson, isn't it? I think that would make a great book because I was watching, I think you liked my post the other day that I put on uh, the legendary Peter O'Toole. Oh, I love um, that, so, yeah. Because one of my favourite books is the Hellraiser's book. I think he's the last one, Jack. I think Jack is. Last one. I think Jack is. I think um, yeah, because um, they'll all they'll all dinner. I've never heard really do anything bad to people. I just think no. you like partying you, and ladies. Have you seen that thing with um, he's at the Oscars and uh, he, he sneaks up behind Jennifer Lawrence and he's like she he kind of looks like he goes I'll talk to you later <laughs> and he's like he's like seventeen. And we used like, to love, didn't we? Like in the nineties, it was always classic scene with bas- basketball games. Where think, yeah, see that big cigar, clapping the people. Yeah, yeah, apparently he still goes, but he goes with his son now. Jack Imagine being Jack Nicholson's son. Oh my god. Yeah, no, no, you know he's a true. You know, I think he's the last. To me, the last great. Yeah, Hollywood. Yeah, there's still great actors around. To me, the last great Hollywood. But God, wouldn't you look? Talking about in the last podcast, man, wouldn't you love to sort him in a bloody Tarantino film? Don't you think if it all the times would have conversed, well, it would have been amazing? I think there's still time. Because he, he's not like... Well, I don't think he knows about the same age as him, and he's got to be there. Mm. Well, why don't, why don't they do... I mean, we've got that new film, uh, The Irishman, coming on Netflix, and well, cinema and Netflix, yeah. where you've got Al Pacino... Uh, uh, the day, uh, it's the age, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's insane what they can amazing. do. It's amazing. But why, why don't they have that with... Why don't they bring Nicholson together for that kind of thing? Or is he just too much of a presence? Yeah, he's just still that kind of thing where it's like... I don't think like, he's retired know. like Gene Hackman, is he? Well, no, Gene, I mean, Gene Hackman, I think, is nearly 90 now. Yeah, and, like his last... What was Jack's last big one? Was, uh, the, when it was The Departed, wasn't it? When he was asking yeah, for it. Yeah. But he's still acting, isn't he? I don't think he does that. He was in About Schmidt. When was... About when Schmidt was his last... For sure, that was about his last film, wasn't it? Oh, I love The Good As It Gets. I love that I film. Love it that really film. makes me I love that film, you know. Oh, does it really? Yeah, it's one of them films. It make, it's that bit at the end where he's a dick. Yeah. And he goes, you make me a better man. It's that yeah. thing when it says oh, you make me, it makes me upset. Yeah. I don't know why. I don't know some of that age now. We get old. It's quite. It's why I still quiet that scene in four months. It's like I don't know why, but it's like no, you right about that. I was watching a bit the other day where he was like having to walk on the things. He gets into that restaurant, and there's that couple, that yeah, Jew, yeah. the Jewish couple, sits there. He was going, "There's some goddamn Jews sitting yeah, right there." Yeah, and they're going, "Oh my god, you can't. But because it's so well wrote, it just anything he does, even the Witches of Easter, which I don't like. You know, you can't help but think, you know. No, you're getting into like Wu Ha, Al Pacino, Tetra. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. a bit where there's no doubt, there's no doubt, Jack Nicholson phoned it in because he knew he could do a film like that, act mad, and get mm. paid loads of money. Like Al Pacino did it. Like, you, you can't, but 
I think he might. He needed him more meaty roles. He didn't do yeah, like, so yeah, many yeah. towards his end. Did uh, well, not his no, end, apart from the departed. Yeah, and I think like I said, well, he could be. I suppose him, he'd done it. He had nothing mm. to prove. Did a bit like De Niro, isn't he? What about? I what I want to do now. What about anger? Now I can't stand him, but what about anger management? It's it's all it's all right. Because I like anger management, but I can't stand Adam Sandler. Um, Adam Sandler. No. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, I like Jim Nicholson in it. That's right. Mm. Um, so the Batmobile. What's your what's your theories of the Batmobile? Before right. I tell you, tell you exactly what the Batmobile now, is. Apart from some of the awful pre-CGI effects in it. The worst CGI effect is at the beginning of the film where you see the animated Batman oh, no. on the rooftop. This, I tell you, interestingly, I think if you were doing a film studies thing about like the, the water shedding effects, this would be a good film to show people that this was sort of... You couldn't go any further in map paintings and, and model, animation and models. And models. Who, who was the special effects guy? Was it? Was it? Uh, Dave Meddings. Dave Meddings. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Your dad when you were a kid. <laughs> my uncle. My uncle. Yeah. My uncle, not my dad. He's a good He's a good kid. It's so bizarre. It's so random. No one would know. I know, but. To actually use that as a chat line. Yeah, yeah. When only people in films would know who Derek Meddings oh, yeah. is. is, is but, bit, no, some of the effects uh, are, are the thing that dates. Apart yeah. from Malkin's hair, it's, uh, it's fucking... I can't let's get that booth on me. It's like, it's, some of them are shit. And the model work isn't even that great, is it? I, like people are, you know, I was reading about people saying, oh, wow, model work never looks good. Bullshit. Look at Aliens. Look at the thing. It Look when it's done properly. Star Wars, you know, Star Trek. I think, I think the thing is, is the reason why it's noticeably, I wouldn't say it's shit, but... No, no, it just looks... I think, it, well, it looks like model work is because it's so dark. Now, in the, in the DV, in the first media re- release of that on TV, they actually lightened the film. Because loads of cinema people complain they couldn't see anything. Yeah, it's a dark film. It's a really dark film. Now, unfortunately, model work can get away when it's dark. But if you lighten it, you're going to see things that you're not really... Well, it's perspective's weird, isn't it? Yeah, perspective's weird. It's like the plane as well. It's way too little. The Batwing. Yeah. Yeah. It's way too little. It's like, it's like, it's, it's, there was a thing in there. Why is it so little? I don't think I, I don't think I got it, but no, I don't think I've done it. I think it's something like, if it was actually built, it would have been 23 feet long for it actually to be that way. And with modern TVs, you get to see a lot more than you shouldn't really, you know, and you, you're going to see a lot. Of, and you do notice, I've got a 4K TV at home. And I watched this, and there was low. I, I could tell when the matte painting ended. I could see where it is. Yeah, yeah. But I love matte painting. It's such a skill. But it, it does a skill. It stands you know. out, doesn't it? But we said that before, though, about Tarantino, where there's some great reasons that, like that, Tarantino still uses most most daily, like in import fiction. Yeah, like yeah. That, where he does use matte painting. You know what I mean? And Kill Bill, where yeah. you know, and, the, and the plane on the stick going across yeah, the gun at the end. Yeah, yeah. I like all that. But I think with the um, with the Batmobile, you know. When that first came out, obviously we were all Everyone was blown away. Blown away. And I've seen that Batman. I think we've, we've both yeah, seen yeah, it. Yeah. Both. But the Batmobile, your cat's going to be The Batmobile is actually built on the chassis of a Chevy Impala, incorporate the engine of an Impala, the tail lights of a Ferrari, the fuel caps of a London bus, and a jet what? engine part from a Harrier job jet. The sliding cockpit was also inspired by that of a Harrier, with a slim window of a gun emplacement, uh, and the headlights of a, are from a Honda Civic. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's not dating because in my head, like I said, I saw it probably for 25 years. Mm. Or remember how amazing, remember how amazing that you look at that? It's like, hmm. Mm. How's that? How does that turn around the corners? Yeah, how does that bit where it drops a bomb's out? How's it not blow? <laughs> What's it fucking made of? Yeah, exactly. How strong is that to blow the whole building up? But he just drives that. Also, he has to use a grappling hook to go around the corner at 25 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. And also, when he says shields, 
Where do them shields come from? Yeah, yeah. And it's really crap. Of, that looks a bit shit yeah. as well. Also, right? you know, we need to say... Time lapse and it did stop. And it does not really good. Clearly, the car's reversed away from him. Because that was, that was annoying. Like. And you know the one thing that does... I, I hate to pick at it because I, I adore this one. But there's a bit yeah. where when Bruce is watching uh, Jack or the Joker on the screen and he goes, I've taken off my makeup. Will you take off yeah. yours? And he, he pauses the video and he pauses the video and Jack Nicholson's eyes are half closed like that. But then when he comes back to it, his eyes are open, and that always grinds yeah, my yeah. gears, man. Every yeah, time yeah, I see yeah. it. But yeah, but that just always reminds me of the great. It's all the little noises that Jack Nicholson's doing all the while, and it's like yeah, he's yeah. making himself laugh. Yeah, yeah. yeah I love that. Yeah. It's not making any sense why he's doing this stuff yeah. for, is it? But I like that because it's just meant to joke. That he's deranged. I like that thing as well where he turns around and goes, "Bad freak." Wait till they get a load of me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. love that. And the yeah. way that he's looking, you know, and he's got that full, he's false makeup on top of his makeup. Which, when you look at, I don't know if you watch the special effects. Yeah, 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 yeah. But how hard it was, because Jack Nicholson's allergic to um, normal makeup that they use. So they had to paint him white, and then they had to put like a, a layer of grease on his face before they put that brown makeup on. So when he wipes it off, you just yeah, see yeah. the white. Now, I was thinking, well, why didn't I just have his normal makeup and then have some white on a, a, a handkerchief? And yeah, just yeah. wiped it on. Yeah, that's a good <laughs> point. But I'd say, sorry, that the way I look about that a bit with Jack as well is the way it was all linked in with Gotham. Because yeah, in that, yeah. that's a shit you watch that last bit, the yes. bit where he goes, uh, oh, call me, call me Jack. Yeah. I love that bit in that that's bit. A, that's a it's nice all linked that. in. Because yeah, yeah. I definitely have thought that was a massive fan of Gotham. Even though he did have it. Failing, it's a bit too too many episodes, but that's Act 23 for the bloody... Well, that's why I think... There's too many. You don't need 12. You don't need 12. That's why Netflix is good at it. Yeah, so, but that world was all in it, because that's where that, it looks a lot like Gotham. Mm. The way it's sort of... They're dressed like they're in the 20s. It's very film noir, isn't it? Yeah, they're in 20s with big Macs. I bet yeah. they wouldn't be wearing that in the 80s, but it's also a modern city. And, and Vicky Vale's very femme fatale yeah. in, the, in, the whole, in the whole kind of thing as well. Did you notice as well, there's a slight homage to Jack Nicholson's early role in Little Shop of Horrors. The, um, the tools that you see on the, uh, the doctor's chair that fixes the Joker is the same instruments used in the remake Little Shop of Horrors. The best scene. With, uh, the best with scene Steve Martin. Martin. It's the best scene Martin. in that thing, That's isn't the same, it? It's the same tools. Uh, I love that. And I've, I've, I've actually seen a photograph taken from the other the other end. So, because you know in the, in the film you only see the back of, of Jack Nicholson's head and he's doing that with the, with the mirror. Yeah, yeah. I've seen a photograph from the other way of Tim Burton directing him. All right. That's uh, brilliant to see. I, I tell you what, it must, have been, it must have been amazing directing someone like Jack Nicholson, wasn't it? It must have been pretty scary for him because this was really... Yeah, yeah, a lot of people like Robert De Niro and all that. We mm-hmm. think, yeah, they know exactly what they're doing. Yeah. I can show them and they'll just do it. And just go for it. Just go- Did you notice a bit that were cut from TV releases too? Yeah, and like I said, like the, it, it, yes, I mean, it is the stuff with Jerry Hall. And I still think there's probably more stuff than that, isn't there? Oh yeah, I should think so, yeah. Because it's like that scene with it, it's all a bit out of sequence in it. Maybe because they, it might have been too dark to get it mm. for the 12 or whatever. Because I think if it would have been a 15, it probably would have lost a lot of audience, wouldn't it? I like, think it probably would. Like, no, it's acceptable to go to. Yeah. There's still a lot of people who didn't go to, you know, see Even though it's not really a superhero, he's a vigilante. Well, it's a vigilante, but I suppose it's still classed as a superhero film, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, there weren't much, much of those about in 1989. Really. Well, I think it might be the first thing I ever... Well, Superman was the first superhero film I saw at cinema. Was it? Superman 2, actually. Superman 2? Yeah. 1980. 1980. Do you know, I don't think I've saw them since I've, I've watched them on the, at the time on the telly, I think. Well, Superman? No, not Superman. Spider-Man, I think it's crappy Spider-Man ones. Well, Nicholas Hammond. Yeah. 
<laughs> you got that in your head now. Yeah, yeah, same that in your head now. Yeah, yeah. I've got them for two films as well, by the way. Oh, are they, are they really bad? Yeah, yeah, they're really bad. Uh, is, no, but is it like, because I've had a thing recently, this right, when I was a kid, <laughs> I used to be into a film called uh, Sword and the Sorcerer. Oh, well, yeah. Right? Yeah. Now, me and my brother I used to watch it every day in the six weeks old days, where it got so bad in here, my mum had to throw it away because you were sick of having it in the age. <laughs> right? Now, I, so, that was when I was like nine. Right. So I thought, right, the other week, because I remember about it, because I saw that, right, I thought, I'm going to get it. I saw it in another bit yet again, 30, 35 years. It's unwatchable. Oh, really? Oh, no. I, I could not bear it, because it was ruining my dream. It was ruining my memory, just that time. Ah. I watched 20 minutes of it. It's called Cromwell, now they call it Cromwell. But I couldn't, because I don't want to ruin, I didn't want to ruin oh. mine. And that's why I didn't really spoil mine. I've got them in my head. Yeah, do yeah, need yeah. to see if they're that bad. You can see him on YouTube, to be fair, and you can watch it on YouTube. Actually, they're very good. They're very good. But the thing is, I find the Spider-Man quite scary in that, because it's he just looks quite scary, which maybe that's what he's, he's supposed yeah. to be. But I think I think you're right on stuff like that. Unless you're somebody who religiously watches the same film every year, like you know a lot of people do, and they never get they they never see the inaccuracies because they they've grown up with it. I'm a little bit like that with Never Ending Story. Yeah. I, I love the Never Ending Story when it first came out. I love the music to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I started watching a bit of it the other day yeah. and I couldn't watch it. I really just, I just I, couldn't get on with it. It's horrible. I know my mate Kenny absolutely, and my friend Casey absolutely love Never Ending Story. But I think it's because they watch it all the time so they, they, they're not, yeah, yeah, they yeah. haven't got that memory. Yeah, and I said as well, when you watch stuff when you're a kid, you're not too bothered about narrative. You just want the things happening all the while. Mm. So you forget all the bad shit. And that's like that because of the Sorcerer. The bits are in it in that first 20 minutes I would have watched was, oh, I remember that bit. It's like that bit. Mm. Oh, I don't remember the really shit bit after it. Do you or think... the really bad dialogue. Or the fact everything's moving around or it's got really bad dubbing in it. Or the music <laughs> don't fucking sync. Yeah. All this stuff that you don't know when you're a kid and make us hard do you think? Do you think that might happen to us when we come to watch How Comes the Frog Town? <laughs> Exactly, all these I films that we watched. But I'd still like to watch. I'd still like to watch that. Maybe as a mini. I think even like in a way, you know, Evil Dead Two, greatest horror film ever made, it's got bits like that because you remember all the brilliant stuff at the beginning, mm. all the brilliant stuff at the end. But you forget about the people fucking when the first, you know, when they're trekking you, up you, to the thing. It's like you forget that bit's crap. Do you, do you do you still think that Evil Dead Two is the greatest yeah. horror film ever yeah, made? Yeah. Really? I, I, in my, I think the greatest American horror film ever made is Not the Living Dead. But um, I think it invented everything. But mm. to me, if I had to show someone a horror film was, it'd be Evil Dead 2. Mm. Because it's... We've talked about that, we? But it's, we have, we have, it's yeah, just yeah. mental. And it still is fucking mental. I, I'm kind of... I'm starting to go and watch early... Um, I don't know why I'm starting to... I've gone back to collecting Australian comedy films from the 70s. I don't know why. I don't give a bit. Yeah, they are spicy. Um, but I'm also starting to watch a lot of early German uh, films. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And all the, uh, um, you know, around about that era. And I still think Nosferatu is one of the most uh, disturbing disturbing films. And I think Harvey should be disturbing. disturbing. I yeah, I think the thing with Nosferatu, because the non-dialogue is amazing. It? Like I said, it works better without dialogue. Mm. I think, like I said, I don't mind the Werner Herzog version. But I think it's a bit talky. And I think what, and you know, it's got Klaus Kinski, it's amazing. But it, it's all, it's the art of that, of Nosferatu. Because, mm. you know, that like... <clears throat> 
you know, the, oh, what's, what's it called? No, the expressionism in there. It mm. makes you uncomfortable. It does. It's, it's, uncomfortable. It's, it's, it's a lot of work to do with shadows. It's also a lot of work to do with like the way that the camera is working at that point in the 1920s. No, that, you mean that semi sped up? Yeah, it's, it's weird. It's, it's been like when you see Wolf, you know, the, the footage from World it, War One, and, and Peter Jackson. That was the hardest thing to do because yeah. nothing shoots like that no, now, does it? No, 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 no. And for you to actually try and work out what real time is, and I think that the scene where you see um, the Max Shrek character rise from the coffin, it's not done smoothly. And it's the reason why I also love um, stuff like, you know, um, uh, Harry Housen stuff is because although you're looking and thinking, uh, you can tell that's a model, there's something quite more disturbing about Skeletons, it. Jaunty, it? kind of... The skeletons know, yeah, in uh, Sinbad, isn't it? Yeah, it's, 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 it's not... Like, it's, it's, like, it's, if it's a kid, you obviously knew it was never... Mm. But there's something about them that are creepy. It's creaking bones in it and all yeah, that. Yeah, and I think that's the thing about this as well, where there's, there's little bits in Batman, which I do feel, really find quite creepy. And it's normally actually the general public's attitude, the way that they're, they're all up for greed. This person who has been quite clearly poisoning people by hiding stuff in, like, cosmetics... Yeah. That's the thing that annoys me as well. Are you telling me that just because they haven't been able to have a wash, right, you know, they've suddenly got spots. massive spots yeah. on their face? Well, that, yeah, that's another thing. It's a bit weird, that bit, is it? Yeah. I think some of the, well, you know, I think well, a lot of, I was reading what were people reviewing it on uh, Amazon, what, like, newer people watching it, thought they didn't get the jarring, yeah, serious. Yeah. But that was kind of comic book, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, have you done the start of the boys yet? Uh, no, I haven't. Uh, I haven't it's yet. just truly fucking superb. But that's that. Mm. A really funny scene that's hilarious. Two of the most sick fucking scenes in it. Yeah. And I mean, sick fucking scenes in it. Yeah, it's something <laughs> I think I need to watch on my own. It's, ama- it's amazing. <coughs> it's true. I don't know any awful waffle on people, but it is truly brilliant. There you truly go. There's that tip from us. Yeah. Um, also, the thing as well where you, you've got. There's, apparently, there's a cut scene from this where you know he says, I'm going to give everybody enough money and all this kind of stuff. Now, what's the one thing he says? He goes, what would you like? And he goes, I'd like my face on the one dollar bill. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's apparently that's the money. It's his face on it all. So it's oh. all useless money. Yeah. All these people have come out to get... It's all about greed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotham is a whole place about greed. Why I love... Why it's my favourite comic world is Gotham. Yeah. It's all about corruption. Yeah. Even Batman, because he's a good guy, he's corrupted. And the longer it goes on, which was sort of talked about... In uh, uh, Titans. Yeah, yeah, and in the Ben Affleck one. And I know everyone fucking hate Ben Affleck as... I don't know why. Uh, no, because I think he was starting to go that. He was starting to hurt people and mm. brand them. And, oh, we don't want Batman like that. He's a hero. No, he's not a he's hero. Not a hero. He's a vigilante. Yeah. Even in Suicide Squad, that bit with Ian Williams like a bit of a fucking predator. Mm. Yeah, he is. Yeah, because ultimately... He's a voyeur. See, I think we, we, the Christians, you know, I'm not a great fan of the, the um, Christian Bale Batmans. Um, and, and I don't like the way they had the Batman in Batman versus Superman because the thing that I loved about, the, especially the Dark Knight Returns, is the fact that he was a muscular guy in there and he was a vigilante because he did hurt people, right? He punched the fuck out of them. He had yeah. muscles and like. Then he suddenly got, yeah, I mean, in this film he has got a rubber suit and he goes, hey, he's just got a rubber suit and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, I like the fact that Batman uses one, his, his money to create batarangs, yeah, right, yes, yeah, yeah. and hit people and all that and do them serious damage because he has to, he has to, because he's not a superhero. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he is a vigilante. And like, in the know. Batman world, he's been trained by Raoul Gould as well, hasn't he? Because mm. that's in the comics as well, yeah, where yeah. he's a kid, and that was all in Gotham when he goes out. So he in, wouldn't in be the tough. Light, in the later comics. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, they changed that, didn't I, to make him tough? Well, comics always evolve. I mean, you know, there's always... Well, that's not the, the, the joke, isn't it? There's no well, proper that's, that's, joke. That's, that's like I said, this is the Red Hood. Yeah, story. that's so. People go, it's not our joke. Well, there's loads of jokes. I readings about six different bloody yeah. jokers in well, that. Well, it's like Heath Ledger's not my Joker, yeah. but yeah. because I come from the comics kind of thing, I know the Red Hood comics, I know the family. I like the Killing Joke for me is the ultimate comic. I've not seen the new animated version. A lot of people poo pooed it. I don't know why, but I'll have to get it. Um, but 
my Joker is is that comic is and Jack Nicholson, right? You know, um, the, the Adam West TV series wasn't my Joker. I, you know, that was the, the TV. Do you know, interestingly, right? Do you know they're doing uh, um, a crossover called Crisis Crossover? You know, oh yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's got Burt Ward in it. Has it really? Not as Robin. Everyone said. What's going to happen? It could be an older Robin, mind you. Because remember, Titan's not in that world. So, in Titans, it's about Robin going off and there's another Robin in it. But people said, is it going to be doing Robin? Well, why else would you have Burt Ward in it? Why? And it's going to have a Batman in it. And well, it's got Batman. But Batman's in Titan, isn't it? Isn't, isn't he played by the guy who's in the English well, actor? Well, you only see him briefly at the end. He's talking to him and you see him jumping down and jump out of the never You I, see a side profile. I think I've seen a clip from season two then because it's the actor who's a British actor. Ginger yeah, yeah. Or well, did I dream it? But sure. why else would you have a Burt Ward in it? What, what else? Because everyone's going to be done it. Is he rubbing in it? What else has Burt Ward done? And how old is he? Well, wow. I mean, it's like seventy. Interesting, interesting fact for you. Uh, Adam West was upset that uh, the producer didn't ask him to reprise his role as Batman, even though he was sixty-one at the time. When you get into Dark Knight, Dark Knight, yeah. which everyone I, said should have been Clint Eastwood. Clint Eastwood. I still think they should do it. I, I've got no problem with that. Yeah, because that's because all the others are immortal. Yeah. My problem is Superman. All them, they're all immortal. I like Marvel. I love it, but it's all all immortal. No one's done really shown a, 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 a like a superhero, we'll call it, mm. at the end of his the end, and he knows he can't do it anymore. I think it's got such an interesting. Well, no I suppose Watchmen was a little bit like that, wasn't it? I well, if you saw the Watchmen trailer, I didn't laugh. Oh, but it looks really good. Does it? It looks really good because the first it's got Russian just kicking shit out of people and give it for me. Yeah. It's the thing though, but he's not a load of Warshaks. He's not a load of that kind of. Um, no, 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 no. This is something you might like. Uh, in the original script, uh, with Robin included, the Flying Graysons, John Mary and Dick, are introduced at the parade scene. The Joker shoots the, the, shoots the Japanese artists, sending John and Mary to their deaths and leaving Dick to survive. Dick later becomes Robin, yeah. full in costume, at the very end of the film. The special edition version of the DVD release of this film features an animated storyboard sequence of the complete Robin storyline where Dick Grayson was voiced by Jason Hillhouse, Batman was voiced by Kevin Conroy, and the Joker was voiced by Mark Hamill. Of course, who does the best Joker out of everybody? No, well, I, 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 He's the one who's in all the comics. He's the one who's in all the games. Yeah, yeah. little bear. Now, what was it you were saying about Robin Williams was going to be Batman? Yeah, sorry. Now, sorry. I'm very, very interested in that because I remember in at the time he was like third or fourth choice, weren't he? Uh, Robin Williams was offered the role of the Joker when Jack Nicholson hesitated. He had even accepted the role when producers approached Nicholson again and told him Williams would take the part if he didn't. Nicholson then took the role and Williams was released. Williams re- uh, resented being used as bait. And not only refused to play the Riddler in Batman Forever, but also refused to be involved in any Warner Brothers productions until the studio apologised. It would have been a brilliant... Saying that, it would have been good. It's, I do like Jim Carrey's Riddler. I know that people don't like that joke. I, I don't, don't well, mind that one. You know I don't quite like him, in it. You know what I don't like about a Jim Carrey's Riddler? He's, he's leotard. He's leotard. I don't like that leotard. Now, I, I like him in the... When he's kind of like... Nigma. In the suit, yeah. When he's Nigma, Nigma, yeah. <coughs> but then I don't like Tommy Lee Jones as Two Face in that. Yeah, yeah. Now this is the only film that has um, one villain, one superhero, one villain. 
Batman, Joker. All the others, any other film, Batman 2, Catwoman, Penguin. Penguin. Penguin's some shit in that as well. Yeah. And he's like, and that's what I've heard as well, because obviously, you know, you've got that Matt Reeves Batman. Mm. With, but that, I thought, oh, yet again, it's Penguin and the Riddler in it. Mm. I think it's too much, you're right, I think it's too much. His character's got so much depth. And the thing is, though, you don't need to do backstory. No. You know it. Or if you don't, go and watch Gotham. Go, watch go and read the comics. You yeah. This obsession with backstory. You, it, and, kill, and, it kills it. It really does. You don't I know he's going to be a younger Batman, right? Mm. Which I, I, I ain't a bad idea. Showing him working his way up. Because I think a bit my problem, my big problem with this as well is the fact he's like he's only back, he's only been Batman for a while, mm. right? And they get the bat signal, but he's still got all this stuff. Why would we have all that stuff for if no one knows who he is? So I don't think it was just about putting stuff in it, wasn't it? Yeah. And I just hope with it, Matt Reeves, right? They strip away a lot of the gadgets, mm. the back ring, the back. But you don't need that. But get back to me, detective. Basically. Detective comics. Detective comics mm. and the game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Arkham Asylum. It's the best. It's the best. You know, well, they talk about Batman. Is it the best ever Batman? It might well be of having the Batman and that world of Gotham that's horrible. Well, I just thought of it. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a, it's a wonderful. But well, isn't it going to be Arkham Asylum? There's a big room. It's going to be Arkham got, Asylum. It's going to be Arkham Asylum based on the game. Yeah, yeah. That Which I would I would go for because one everyone is so good. It's one of the only games I've played three times and I've yeah. never Same done here. that. Same never here. done I, it. And I've the only I've. Complete that game apart from one riddle, and that was in the sea. And there's no way I could figure out how to get it. You know, they're doing another one to come back to Ark and coming out next year. Yeah, but I've not liked any of the other ones. So, there are the chains, and they made them not less. That one was good because you had to search and solve something. Yeah, yeah. Your finger. The problem with the later ones become a bit too beat them up. This is my big problem with a lot of Batman. He's become yeah. about being into. He's tough. He's tough. But yeah. he was clever as well. I think that's the thing when we talk about game inside. Is that one? I, I always get annoyed with boss levels. Yeah. I always get like, and also, I got really pissed off. In fact, I was trying to do one the other day on Lego Dimensions, where it's like you know you got the circles in the sky and you got to glide through them, do all that in a time to get what, I pilot, pilot wings. I mean, I'll go pilot wings. Yeah, I, I hate that. I hate that kind of. I really do, I hate that. Well, it's just about, yeah, well, there's a training, right? A good game shouldn't have to have a training thing. The game of training is you do it. Yeah, yeah. You shouldn't have to be 10 minutes learning how to do learning stuff. Learning how to do it, yeah. There was yeah. a game I was playing the other day. That was exactly like that. I can't remember. It. Oh, it was like FIFA 19. Yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. Um, yeah, so there, there we go. Anything else you want to say about it? Yeah, about I do want to talk about something. Go on, then. Package now. Uh, oh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, 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 uh. I've, I've ordered that, by the way. I knew you would, right? I just say, I went to see... Uh, the final cut of uh, going to leave the room now you yeah, no, 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 I mean, I'll try and keep it like short I'll keep it down to two hours uh, no, 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 he's really really good but I won't talk about it right and it was like now this was the cut that Coppola always wanted now we've, I, I, before we went to see it there was an hour interview done at Tribeca right and um, they were talking to him about this about Redux he said he locks Redux he locks the cinema version he likes his super duper version that he reckons <laughs> will come out one day. But he said to me, he said to him, no, this is what I wanted, always wanted to say. And I remember I was sitting next to Matt Ray, and I said, oh, is he just saying that? Is he? It's going to be just cashing, isn't it? Because yeah. he's old now. But I tell you what, if you're in Apocalypse now, now, Van, it is the perfect version. I love Redux. I love it. But it is too long, right? Mm-hmm. No doubt it's too long. This is still bloody long. <laughs> Two hours and 50 minutes, but... It's got so many little scenes in it. They're just telling you about, well, I know what you're going to watch stuff. You think, why didn't they put that in there? Right? 
the ending's completely rejigged around. I don't want to give it too much. You're going to watch it yourself. And it just flows as a film. It, it, I, like I said, I can't. It's hard to explain about you seeing it. But all I can say is anyone out there, go go and see it. Still, it's coming around again. Uh, it, they're doing a... <coughs> excuse me. They're doing a brief release again for about a month. And then it's coming on uh, yeah, yeah. Amazon. In, uh, sorry, any kind of. Uh, well, again, uh, you know, I am going to get it on Blu-ray because because what you find now is you go to the cinema. They're not the good pictures because I don't care what they say. Oh, got these super duper projectors. It's not the projectors. It's the fucking screens are terrible because yeah. they never change them, do they? No. And you can see. Oh, yeah, because I go all the while. I can see the same bits. The same, really the same nice. Yeah. Look up, clean it. I'll do it. <laughs> right. So, but I say it's like it is truly. I said, I'll come out and say, yeah, it is my all-time favourite film. It really is better than Goodfellas. I never would have said that. But it just so works. It's got so many little things in that flesh out his character. Like the drunk scene at the beginning, there's an amazing bit where he's in the corner eating rice bowls. And it makes sense why Fingy likes him because mm. he's, he's gone through the same thing. But like I said, I'm not going to go on now because we have done it. Just go back and listen to me. We have to talk back for that. Anyway. I, that's it. I mean, a lot of people said actually that Waffle on episode of Apocalypse Now is actually pretty good because I'm not a great fan of it. Although I'm starting to come more. I'm look, I'm re- I really am looking forward to See watching that, that, you yeah, know, yeah, that, that version. Right. And that the disc that comes out, I might try and put our Waffle on. That, what you know? a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. So you've got the original theatrical cut. You've got Redux. You've got this version going out there. And then you've got another two discs. You've got to make sure you get the right one. It's oh. the six-disc version. Yeah, and Heart of Darkness as yeah. well. Yeah. Heart of which is my favourite film. On Blu-ray as well. Blu-ray. Cr- so I can't wait to see that on my TV. Oh, no, it is a work of art, that is. Oh, no, I remember... When are you going to get a bigger TV and stick it on your wall, man? We are. That's our little Christmas. We've got a fund for it at the moment. We're saving up for it. All the things you've got to pay for at the moment. Not decorating. Anyway. Boring. But no, it's like anyone who likes that film... Get rid, get the, the final cut. It really is because most stuff is just taking the piss out of fans, yeah, like yeah. the uh, Avengers one. Oh, we put the bit what at the end? Yeah. What a load of shit that was because I went out in the cinema and someone was having a right moan about that. So I thought it was going to be in the film. No, it's tagged on the end. No, it's tagged on the end. And they're doing it with other stuff as well now, aren't they? Uh, yeah, they've done it with uh, something um, at the moment. Something else came out, wasn't it? And, and they put oh, tag- it was um. Just no, something in the foot. They've tagged on. That is awful. No, just to bump it up. I won't play that. If again. I was Avatar, I'd go. I ain't bothered because you only did that by adding stuff on. Ours was a proper film. Yeah. Whatever you say about it, that's to me still the biggest. Not adding five minutes onto it mm-hmm. that got no, that are cut for a reason. Yeah, you see, this is the thing that yeah. I was going to ask you about actually. Yeah. Where you know, this is the problem. That I, I can't remember which. There was a famous uh, director said it's about George Lucas. Now we've moaned at George Lucas for tampering with the Star Wars films. Yes, there are some things I can understand that he's done because he's looking and he's thinking, fuck me, I can, I can see the square around the... the yeah, 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 definitely. So I can understand him upgrading stuff like that. I mean, the, the, the worst thing they did was like Red Dwarf when I did it, that didn't work. They don't with a little bit of Doctor Who, sometimes that does work, actually. But I want to see the, poly, the polystyrene, I want to see the bubble back, you know what I mean? But then we moaned about George Lucas suddenly coming in and adding like Han Solo walking over Jabba the Hutt's oh, foot uh, of his tail side and then him not shooting first and all this kind of bullshit. So where where is that line where, you know, you've got a couple of, I know you're saying that yeah, he's bought this version out, but there is a point I'm thinking, well, there's a point in history where the film is part of a film and it's part of a history yeah, of that yeah, film, yeah, yeah. do you know what I mean? And, you know, otherwise, when does it stop? I don't know. Do you know? Yeah. I understand exactly what you're saying, but what's to say then? If you've had a film took off, yeah, if you've had a film took off, yeah, and it becomes a Alan Smithy film, 
Yes, right. Is it Alan Smithy or Walter yeah, Smithy? Uh, no, um, Joe Jack Smithy. Something, something yeah, Smithy, something in Smithy in it, right? Yeah. I can understand them, didn't it? Because they want their film back, don't well, they? The Abyss Richard Donner was in essence. Yeah, and the, the Abyss is supposed to be like, that, you know, James Cameron. Even though I love what the Abyss said, he hates that version of it, mm. but it was taken off him. Then I can understand, but when you had Coppola had full fucking control, he mm. spent all he pissed all their money up the wall, he could have done what he want. Someone still don't know why they never did a final cut. It was to get into, because he said basically it was to get into Cannes. Exactly. That's but what that, it was all that, about. That's the thing though, isn't it? I mean, having something like with Cameron, like if he's had his film taken up, why was he, why was? Why did they take it off him? No. You could turn around and say, was it being too artistic? Was it demanding too much control? It's happened a lot. You know, it's, it's happened, it's happened a lot. an awful lot. There's a lot of films that are like that. But you go, I think, from a studio point of view, that's how I said, you know what, you're fucking about here, mate. And this is costing us mega money. So they have to take control of the film. Now, if you then get it back and you say, right, I want to do my own version of it, that's fine. But which is the truer version of it? From when you was in 90s... Could exactly. You, can you honestly remember what we were doing 30 years ago and think, you know what, the Killer Vickers film we was going to do, oh, what, what I'll do... You know, do you know what I mean? There has to be... Like, with Peter Jackson with Bad Taste. Yeah, no, yeah. Peter Jackson's bringing out a new version of Bad Taste. It's no no special effects are changed, nothing like that. You just clean the screen up. So he's got all the scratches. Yeah, it is a bit crappy, man. And he's going to do a commentary review. It's going to get all the people together that are still alive because a couple of them have passed away. That'd be amazing, And And talk about it because he's really proud of that film. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so. But I think there has to be a point where you go, yeah. you know what? I'd say, sticking up for Colin Coppola, he was saying that, uh, that what he did, because he said when he was cutting the film, he knew he was going to have problems cutting it. He knew, nah. it, he knew it. So he said the edit basically wasn't overly happy about it. It was the edit. He loved all the film. Like I said, he said, he said, I still love this little version. I love it. But he said, I had my idea for these scenes. So what I did, I did notes and I worked from the original notes. Mm. So then you could, yeah, because that's the original thing. But like I say, these ones who are doing it from memory or just watching it, your taste changes as you get older. Of course I do, yeah. And it's like George Lucas. It's like the whole thing is what Spielberg turned around and said when he replaced the guns with walkie-talkies. Because it's a kids' film, it's like well, the kids aren't stupid. Kids play with guns. Do you know what I mean? You, you, you know, you don't do that. I heard something. Cigarette, taking on the cigarettes. Yeah, cigarette it's just like, it, uh, yeah, that is bad. But then again, it's there. But it's supposed to be a bit of anybody wants. Can't oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was watching the the, the, the there's something to do with Harry Potter because I went to Harry Potter studios, and I was talking about the edit of the film, and uh, and John Williams had composed this beautiful score, and I'd already cut it down. Mm. So then I heard the score as a playing it, and they added added the scenes back in. Because the music with it really helped to go through. Uh, and I suppose with something like Apocalypse Now, which really doesn't have a lot of beauty. No, no. I mean, he said apparently a couple has probably had of Apocalypse Now, and Tarantino says this about once in a time in, in Hollywood, which I should have mentioned earlier, yeah. is the fact that if you notice in that film, there's always a dog somewhere. In the opus, there's always dogs, always dogs away. Coppola's problem was he realised he had to have a helicopter in every shot. Yeah. Because that's what was going on. There's always helicopters, and that was his biggest problem with that film. Yeah. When you, you think about it, well, you know, he's talking about it. Feel about them. Chopper. Yeah, there was a, 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 my last little fact about that that things can be right. Uh, there was a, you know the bit where um, when he comes up on the boat and they come up to get the uh, and they, they get the um, the depot where they get yeah. something with the girls are doing all that. Mm. He said he hates that play, but yeah, that's yeah, cut yeah. down to shit. That is that scene still. I don't like that scene, nah. but at the time that's the way the world was, right? But it's it, anyway. But, you know, he said, right, he had to go back to America to meet the producers and that, right? So he said, right, I want you to build me this depot because I want the boat to come in, right? So we got back and he come in, he was, I'm going to set that boat ride. So we got on the boat and he come up to, uh, he goes, where's my depot? He said, oh, we built it over there. It was a mile away. <laughs> he said, am I going to film that? Am I going to film them walking a mile? 
said they're going to have to walk through that. And he went, swam. He went, oh, he said, no, he didn't. So he went back and he thought, what am I going to do? There was a tornado on the, on the night. He blew it away. He cashed in the fucking insurance money and built it where he wanted to. Hey. <laughs> and he said, and he said, that would only have happened on Apocalypse Now. Yeah. So I thought, was he said, every time we thought something had gone about, like Harvey Keitel, we talked yeah. about that, right? He said, yes. Harvey Keitel, he's a great actor, but he said, he's not Martin Sheen. And he said, the problem with my Harvey Keitel, he said, he's too tough. Mm. The problem with Martin Sheen in it, he said, what makes you good? You know he's tough, because he had his kills, but, but he's also fucked up. Yeah, there's a vulnerability to him. Yeah, and he's like, and he's like, you're thinking, bloody hell, how's he got there? Because he's willing to do anything. Mm. He said, Harvey was too much of a tough guy. Yeah. He was like, more like devout. Yeah, or uh, is it Tom Bergen in Full Metal? Not Full Metal Jacket in um, oh, that's all the well-known Vietnam film. Platoon. Like, Platoon. It's like that, isn't it? Really? Too, tough. Yeah, too tough. And he said, you know, and he said, you know, he said, Koita, I never spoke to me for twenty years. Oh really? But he said it, it wasn't personal. He said I had to make the bet. He said it wasn't him. Mm. He said I knew as soon as he walked on the set. He said he knew. I bet Harvey Keitel's biography would be good, wouldn't it? How would you talk about um, all the things that he nearly did? Yeah, that, what's that film that? Uh, the um, detective one, bad lieutenant. Oh, bad lieutenant. I can't watch that film. Oh, it's just, it's just in the wanking scene. It's, it's, it's a fucking horrible film. It really is a horrible film. It really is. Anyway, that's uh, this episode done. Hope you like it. Uh, please do leave us any comments. Thanks to Jonathan Dawes uh, who uh, who loves this film. He's a big huge. Oh, good, 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 good. Uh, and we had quite a bit of love going on there for it, and a lot of people who um, strangely don't like it, which is which is right. good. Is good uh, me, yeah. Give us your feedback. We want lots of feedback. and Kel, it's Jen from the Anomaly Podcast, your good friend over here in Texas. So, you are covering Batman. I um, I have fond memories of going to go see that movie um, in 1989 at a drive-in theater when I was about 13 years old with my entire family. It was kind of a big deal because... Um, up until that point, the only superhero movie I can remember going to see was Superman. You know, all of the films before that time, which was really awesome. And Batman was interesting because it was very film noir looking. And um, anyway, it was a big deal. I remember that. And it was carload night at the, at the drive-in, so we all jumped at the back of my dad's truck like a bunch of rednecks <laughs> with a bag full of popcorn that we had popped all day long on the stove and filled up. And now, when I say bag, I mean it was like a small trash bag full of popcorn. And uh, we parked in, uh, on the south side of San Antonio at the Mission Drive through theater and watched Batman. And um, it was quite an experience. And I remember it was, it was really popular, too. And all the kids at school were wearing, like, Batman shirts. And the guys had Batman emblems shaved in the side of their heads. Um, and, it, and it really made an impact on me um, because... I, I just love that era, I guess. It's kind of a weird hybrid of, you know, 30s and modern era 
and um, I just always have said that if um, if I was born on the in the wrong century, it's because I should have been born during that time, you know, twenties, thirties, forties, and so it just speaks to me. But um, I love Michael Keaton as Batman. I think there are several prerequisites you should fill in order to be cast as Batman, and one of those things is you have to have devil eyebrows, <laughs> which Michael Keaton has, a good jawline, and you have to have the voice. Or the he didn't do that, did yeah he did. And um, and you also be have to be debonair so that you could pull off the alter ego. And I thought he did an excellent job. And I think pretty much he's my favorite Batman. And definitely my favorite Joker is Jack Nicholson. Because Jack, Nichols, Jack Nicholson is just a tad bit crazy cool. I mean, he's... Who, who am I kidding? He's a lot cool and sort of crazy. And I don't know if that sort of crazy is just because I saw him in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest... Or if he is legit crazy. I don't know. But he's scary. <laughs> and I think he was cast perfectly as the Joker. And I always I always quote him, like, sometimes when I'm teasing my brother. Or not my brother. My, gosh, my brother. When I, was, when I tease my little boy when he's being kind of a, a punk and he, he needs some discipline, I'll warn him and I'll say, you ever dance with the devil in the pale moonlight? So, anyway great movie. I'm glad you guys are covering it. I love listening to you um, even when you're doing movies that I've never seen <laughs> that are totally not in my wheelhouse. I still enjoy listening to you guys. You rock. Can't wait to listen to this one. Talk to you later. Bye. Honey, you'll never believe what happened to me today. Oh. You know all the social media stuff's going to come up with Jen in a moment. Uh, and we might play back dance, or if we get any comments before I do the edit, I'll play them. And we're not going to talk about what we're going to do next, because we always change our minds. Uh, yeah, it's September now. I think I know where it is, but I, I need to we'll talk change about it tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, thanks for uh, listening to us. See you later. Bye-bye. He stole my balloons! Why didn't somebody tell me that he had one of those things? Bob? Going to need a minute or two alone, boys. You've been listening to Waffle On. If you'd like to get in touch or join the mailing list, you can by emailing the guys at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com. You can also have some waffly fun by joining their Facebook page. Simply type in Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, and away you go. This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly.